Hello, and welcome to Resident Advisors Exchange. I'm Chloe Lula, the producer of this show. Today, we have a very special guest, Jada G. Jada is a Grammy-nominated writer, producer, and DJ who has appeared across the world's biggest festival stages in the last few years. She brings a lot of energy and positivity to her performances, which typically blend house, disco, soul, R&B, and soul roots while integrating elements of pop. Anyone who has seen her play can attest to the incredible dancing she brings behind the decks, too. Now she's back with her second full-length album, Guy, which was just released on Ninja Tune. It's quite different from her past output, and it sees the artist at her most vulnerable, using her own voice interspersed with archival recordings of her late father, William Richard Guy. Jada used snippets of hours and hours of audio recorded before her dad died when she was just 10 years old, using them to weave a story about his life and how she processed and continues to unpack her grief. Not really good at pretending. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm really bad at that. (laughs) So it's just literally me being myself. And for me, music is so much about how, I don't know, it's such a release. It's really like cathartic and a way for me to, I don't know, feel in touch with life, Mm. I guess. And that's what you're seeing when I'm DJing essentially. And when it came to singing, that was like a whole nother layer of the same thing. Singing is, yes, it's like super vulnerable, but it's also such a big release. As Katie Thomas writes in the RA review of this album, the subject matter is heavy, but in typical Jada G fashion, the music is bright and bursting with optimism. In this exchange, Jada is interviewed by DJ and producer Juba, who is no stranger to RA. Their conversation touches on the album and the larger themes it excavates, diving deep into her family history and the background stories that shape her most recent piece of work. But it also deals with her thoughts around authenticity as an artist, music as a form of release, and her passion for environmental activism. Spoiler alert, you can expect a documentary about her work in this field very soon. This is a really beautiful and insightful conversation, so I hope you enjoy it. Without further ado, here is Jada G. Thanks for tuning in. Hey everyone, I'm Juba. I'm a DJ, radio host, podcaster every now and then. And I have the pleasure today um, to talk to Jada G sitting right next to me. She's an amazing DJ, Grammy nominated producer, and she's here in London. Um, and we are going to have a conversation because she has a new album coming out. Yeah, Guy, out on the 9th of June, yes. 2023. Um, but yeah, we're going to have a, lot, a really cool chat. We're going to have a really cool chat about loads of things to do with the album, to do with life, and just everything that Jade is about. So I'm really looking forward to this. Yay. And thanks for being here. It's been a long time coming. Oh, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad we could figure it all out. It's great. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that. Well, I mean, as we're here right now, we are in the thick of your whole album release mode moment. Yeah. How's it been going? Like, are you are you okay? Do you still know where you are, who you are right now? Or? Yeah, no, it's 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 full on, but it's good. It's like, you know, it's funny. I, I remember my manager was saying, like, just think of like all the time you put into making the album. Now you got to put like the same amount of time into promoting the album. It's good. You know what I mean? Like, you put so much time and effort into this piece of work. Hmm. And you just, you know, you got to put the same effort to 
get people to hear it. No, you need to do it justice. <laughs> I mean, all the, as we could say, we're going to speak about the album, but there's so much thought and like so much of your personal self has gone into it. So you need to, you need to do it. You know, do it justice. <laughs> However, are you chilling? Have you had time to relax? Are you scheduling your posts and relaxing in the evening? You know? Yeah, no, I am. I'm trying to get the, the work-life balance to mm. like a bit more fine-tuned this year. So mm -hmm. yeah, no, I actually just had a weekend off. So Love I'm it. feeling like, pretty upbeat and good yeah so <laughs> sort of a weekend off sort of around the release of your latest single scars as well yeah yeah, yeah so <laughs> kind of mixing the busy with the relaxed. you got it you got it yeah. <laughs> and you've also had a dj in my cover you were on timeout as well yeah. you've been like i mean you really have been doing justice to your release um how out of interest like compared to previous releases as well you had your dj kicks that came out significant changes came out as well how has this process felt and like what has it felt like, how what has it signified for you in terms of your artistic and personal development? Oh, wow. That's a good question. Thank I, you. Lo I, I love it. I love new questions. Cause you know, we get, we get a lot yeah. of the same questions. Mm -hmm. um, Don't worry, I got you, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, it has been really interesting cause this is such a personal album um, about my father who, who passed away when I was 10. And it's been like, I would, I'd be lying that I would be saying it was easy. Like it's definitely been, yeah, a lot of emotional effort that I don't think I've had to put forward as much before. Mm. But I think that's a good thing in mm. the end, you know? You've been bearing yourself out to the world. It's very vulnerable to put out something that delves into such a personal subject. And also obviously there's videos and outtakes of your father talking honest for the whole world to see yeah. and to form their opinions on. So it's definitely very brave. I, I really love it. I mean, I've been, you know, watching videos and listening to the singles over and over again. I think it's honestly beautiful. I love it so much. Oh, um, I mean that. But um, let's actually go, I guess, into the actual process. Yeah. So I might go, I might ask an obvious question now that you get asked all the time. It's not, but, let's go for it. But tell us about the process, like what led to the creation of Guy? Oh gosh. Yeah, well, yeah, as I said earlier, my father passed when I was 10 years old and, and he was sick for a long time. He passed away of cancer and he was sick for about like five years leading up to his death. And the last year they kind of told him that, you know, you don't have much, uh, much time to live. And so he decided to sit down and, and record himself talking about his life. Mm. And there's about 11 hours of videotape. And he like goes all over the place. He kind of like goes into the weeds and tells like certain stories we all know, some stories we don't know. Mm. And then my sister kind of comes in there halfway through and like starts interviewing him as well. You can hear little snippets of her talking on the album. And so knowing that these videos were always there, um, I kind of, I don't know, it just like came into my head like, mm but probably around the 20 year mark of mm. like his death, where I was just like, you know, it'd be really cool to explore what making music would be around this, yeah, all this information, mm. these videos and everything. And and it's funny because um, my siblings, they also work in the creative sphere. And so my my brother and sister also had like a similar thought, but we didn't, talk about it it was just like we came together one day and we were just like wait you've been thinking of mm. making something with this oh me too and so my uh, brother actually did make a film around like his life and my father and 
that that's out. It's called The Death of My Two Fathers. And yeah, so it's kind of just been in the family thing right now. But mm. it's, uh, yeah, that's kind of how it came about, I guess. <laughs> it's interesting that, like, was there, I know you said you all started talking about it, but was there anything specific that made you think this was the right moment to create a body of work based around your father's memory? Yeah, you know, I think a lot of it was actually because of COVID. Because I, I actually had time to sit down and tackle it. Mm. Like it had been an idea in my brain for many years at that point, but I just didn't have the time or, or space really to kind of sit with it and go through it and figure out even how to start. Yeah. So, yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah, I think that's really interesting, like that the idea being in your head to do something with it. And I guess through music, that was a way, but... COVID forced us all to sit down and maybe reflect on things that were just Ooh, always... yeah. <laughs> boy, boy did, we, did we sit down? We sat down for a long time. Um, it's interesting to start, even like the idea of your dad sitting down and making these videos for you, like the psychology behind that, how he must have been feeling. Have you ever reflected upon... Oh, all the time. Yeah. You know, he, he says really early on in the, the videos that, you know, it's such a strange thing, you know, that you learn what love is, what the meaning of life is and how to love and the meaning of love. And then the rug gets pulled out from underneath you. Like that's pretty much what he says. Yeah. And he's like, but maybe if you learn to love, maybe that's it. That's the point. And then time's up. It's yeah. kind of crazy, crazy stuff, he says. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, you never know when our time is up. We kind of make the most of what you have, what time you have here and exactly hopefully when that moment is there you feel like you've achieved something and hopefully yeah, hopefully um do you actually remember like your feelings when you first came across or you were conscious of these videos that were made like basically mm. for you yeah i think like i remember as a child him recording them and like not being allowed to disturb him mm. um and then i don't think i probably watched them till i think like yeah when i was in university it's probably when I would watch them. And I watch them like every few years. And mm. I would only watch like the first one. So like the first half hour, kind of get like a dose of my dad, if you will. But this was the first time where I actually went deeper into the, into the tapes of and what they actually showed and what he was actually talking about and really like dissecting it and understanding it and understanding his life and understanding the sacrifices that he made and and how I'm such a, a product of those decisions essentially so yeah because you kind of touch on that in your thoughts like the idea of what like, yeah. your thought process is whilst you were going through the, the yeah videos. that's exactly it no that song is literally like me just sitting there and reflecting about it all of just being like oh yeah like your thoughts my life they coincide it's crazy how things repeat themselves with time. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. <laughs> and so obviously um, you were creating this body of work during the time that must not be named COVID, that moment in time. <laughs> yeah. um, and also that coincided with like a pretty unprecedented moment, I'd say. It was pretty intense, the Black Lives Matter movement. Oh yeah. 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 Um, and I, know, I read in one of your, in the, and I read in one of your interviews that you were saying that, you know, looking at what was happening at the time of 2020, and reflecting upon like some of your dad's stories like through blue lights and him being caught up in the race riots oh, in 1968 yeah. that you're kind of disappointed in terms of how things 
hadn't really changed or it stood out to you. But how did also writing this album that sort of coincided with this moment actually impact like the final product as well? Oh, I think definitely like the fact that the BLM movement was happening made me look at my father's stories in a different way. You know, like that it wasn't just because like, you know how sometimes the parents are just telling stories and you're just like, okay, cool. That was then, you know, but this was like, you could just see how things hadn't changed, the layers of it. You know, it's, it's a crazy story. Like the story tells is just, I don't know. It's very quintessentially my father um, mm. in the sense, like he gets locked out of his house and he's just like in his pajamas and the like a riot is coming towards him and oh and then my sister's like so what'd you do and he's like i just I went ran. with no <laughs> just, i went with the riot what are you gonna say that you got locked out of your house <laughs> but it's just so yeah like that pull us also to just join up when something that you believe in is being fought for and going with it being swept up in it because you believe in it you know and like he was out there for three days, <laughs> which is uh, it was wild, some wild stuff. It, but. I mean, yeah, but I mean, it's a worthy cause, as you said. And yeah, I mean, yeah, what a time. And the, the, the way it must have mirrored this moment in time, I guess not necessarily getting caught up in a, in a race riot in the same way, but we were basically caught up in the moments, definitely, especially online as well. Exactly. Um, yeah. But no, I, I thought that was quite interesting that it coincided with that. And no, it was, was it was so weird. It was, it was just like, like really, like I remember reading the story and being like, "Huh, you know, like, I don't know. It, it just this is happening literally on my phone right now." Yeah, it's like a sign. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. Yeah, a it, was some, it was some wild stuff. <laughs> you know, what I love as well is that you sing on your album quite a lot, and I know, like, <laughs> I was reading about how you um, you wouldn't necessarily say like you came up as a singer. No, but like you kind of yeah, you were encouraged like on Beavis, <laughs> like both of us to like sing and i love that because i think it's yeah it's really brave as well and also even watching you dj as well and the fact that you kind of just do what you want and just like play your songs regardless of how people might like kind of like any commentary that might come around it i love that and i feel like you're not afraid of putting yourself out in a vulnerable in a vulnerable position and you also very much do what you want and like thanks yeah, yeah. no i definitely do that <laughs> um yeah. i in the sense that though i think not really good at pretending mm, mm. like I'm really bad at that yeah. <laughs> so it's just literally me being myself and for me music is so much about how I don't know it's such a release it's really like cathartic and a way for me to I don't know feel in touch with life mm. I guess and that's what you're seeing when I'm DJing essentially. And when it came to singing, that was like a whole nother layer of the same thing. Singing is, yes, it's like super vulnerable, but it's also such a big release. And it's some, I don't know. And then that being in touch with like, it's also an instrument and learning that. And I also love, I love to learn. So I got really obsessed with it and was like taking vocal coaching lessons through the pandemic and still like you know need to take many many more vocal coaching lessons but it was so cool to learn yeah. and gaining an appreciation for the voice and yeah 
Yeah. I think that's sick, man. Like, I love it. Like, nothing ventured, nothing gained. Like, just try it. Do you know what I mean? You have nothing oh, yeah. to lose. And, oh, no, that's you know. literally the motto mm. of my entire life. Same. Same. <laughs> I wouldn't be here today if that wasn't my MO. So. No, I think it's really important and it's really authentic. Um, would you ever perform your songs live? Oh, God. On a mic? Oh, gosh. One thing at a time, girl. No, I mean, hey, you know, I said, would you ever, not next year, maybe in 10 years' time, you've got even less to lose. You never you know. know. Stranger things have happened Mate, in life. Why not? <laughs> like, jump on the front of the deck when you're playing and you sing your songs and they want to sing it back to you. Or do that thing when people sing and they get the, like, the crowd to sing the entire song. Oh, so yeah, don't have to say anything. I would definitely be doing that. <laughs> I love that. I the next, next, next. You guys up. sing this song. Yeah, you, you sing it. I'll just like vibe and clap. All right, let's go, let's go into some of the tracks as well because I feel like every song on the album it really tells a story, like from scars, you know, about oh, your yeah. dad's experiences in school, and but also kind of the idea of like scars that we pick up during life, yeah. lonely in the O. That was, I mean, that was a story. And a half. Oh, that is a kind of, story and a half. Yeah, yeah. Just I don't know if you want me to share. I mean, go for it. I, mean, I was just like, <laughs> yeah, I know I it's, it's yeah, no, because like it's funny. I don't know how much of the stories that everyone will hear, you know? So yeah. it's, I'm happy to tell them it's, yeah, Lonely Back and O is like, it's a what like also one of those stories, like I'm reading this story and putting myself again in my dad's shoes. And I'm saying reading cause a lot of it was transcribed as well. Yeah. So I was like, yes, yeah, so that helped me get through the 11 hours of tape. Um, Shout out to my sister who had that transcribed and organized. Shout out, shout out. Um, but yeah, so Lonely Back No is about how my father, he was um, in the army and he was in Viet, he was actually in Thailand, initially stationed in Vietnam for the Vietnam War and then moved to Thailand. And he was married and had two kids at that point. And he asked for his wife at the time to come over to Thailand, be with him. And this was like his main goal too. Like he, like you, to get your family over, you had to be at a certain ranking. So he worked super, super hard to get to this ranking. And he was like the fastest to get to this ranking out of like anyone, basically. As a black man as well, I guess. Seriously, yeah. like no joke. And then he sends out the paperwork to have her come and she, she doesn't come. And like, he thinks he's like, oh, they lost the paperwork. Like, you know, asking like what happened. And it, they're like, no, she had, has the paperwork. She just hasn't signed it. And this is like, you know, this is the 60s. So like, yeah. you don't have phones, you don't have the internet. Instagram stories. You know, and I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. I think of like all the oh, relationships I've been in or like not real relationships where like, they don't call you back that whole bs and just like looking at your phone constantly being like have they texted me back have they te and then that like that feeling that gut-wrenching feeling you get you know and then just put you know the distance and not having technology and not ways to actually talk things out and yeah and then he ends up going back back home and turns out she had uh two more kids with someone else Ooh. Ooh, yeah, Child, yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a story. Wow, I don't even know how I would react. I like, know. I mean, it's like it's wild. Like I don't know. It's, yeah. Anyways, because you couldn't even get over it by going on Tinder or something, and you're just like, you know, <laughs> this is what I mean. Sleep, sleeping your way out of the pain. <laughs> I mean, but now you know you're here. You know, things happen for a reason. So everything happens for a reason. <laughs> Without that, we wouldn't have Jada G, and that's you know. 
but yeah, no, I um, I really enjoyed the idea that like there were so many stories, like clear stories behind each track. Um, and actually, as of recording, "Meant to Be" is around the corner. Um, yes. Beautiful song. I feel like for me, when I was ingesting it, it felt really, really kind of like hopeful and uplifting, but also like there's a sense of unfinished business. Yeah. And the chorus, you have the lyrics, um, "You keep teaching me, but it wasn't meant to be." Yeah. So for people who will hear this and like come to their own interpretations, yeah, I'm interested to hear like what you what your purpose was with the song. Yeah. No. Totally. So like the main kind of foundation of how that song came about was really around how my father. Like this was right when I was born, I think, yeah. And he had a roofing business and that roofing business, it, it wasn't successful. It was going down and he had to really figure out what he was going to do next. And it was really difficult. He had a lot of pride in that business that he owned it and he was the boss, you know, um, like, you know, commanding your own time and your day and the jobs and stuff. And, and yeah, and he had to end up working at like our local mill for a time. And that was like a real low point because he, that, that mill's a hard place to work. Mm -hmm. Like for, for like, yeah, for all the people I know who work there, like shout out to them. Um, have quite a few friends who work there and it's hard. It's hard work. It's hard, hard environment and my father hated it and he quit like and this was like they were like they needed that money coming in and my mom was like oh my goodness but we need to eat so yeah that's what to do. <laughs> but he ended up going back to school so it was a turning point for him and he ended up yeah, uh, going back, he, he, he had never done an undergrad degree or anything like that. And he ended up going into social work, which he loved. And Meant to Be is really about that change in his life, how he really had to go through losing something that he was really proud of, that he was defining himself around in order to gain something better. And then in terms of the course, you keep teaching me is literally me again reflecting being like yeah dad like you're teaching me through these stories you're teaching me through these life lessons that you've had but it wasn't meant to be in the sense that i wasn't meant to learn them directly from you in real life you know it was only in looking through these tapes afterwards mm. so that's kind of what it meant to me but yeah. You know, it can mean anything to yeah. everyone else, which is the beauty of music. <laughs> yeah, no, it's really interpretation. That's what you learn during English literature, that everyone's interpretation. Oh, yes. In I All remember right. that. Oh, yeah. I used to make up some <laughs> random stuff and was like, interpreted. Um, but no, our parents had to be really brave, I guess, in their own ways. Like, I think we see ourselves as brave in our own ways, but like having a family, you know, children, a wife to like look after as well like, between you two. And then having to go back to school, knowing that, or go choosing to go back to school, closing the business, knowing that you're in precarious, it could be quite precarious. It's, it's a very brave thing to do. Yeah, so. and he was like in his mid-40s at that time yeah. too. I think there's like, I don't know, I, I think it's changing. I like to think it's changing, but there is this unsaid pressure of needing to, or at least from our parents, because that's how they lived. They mm. had, a lot of our parents had just one job, one career. You know, and for someone to 
especially a black man, to change everything and really just be like, okay, I gotta see what this el- what else it you know this life is that I have and. Because he didn't want to be going to the mill no more. <laughs> yeah, but he made the decision and, yeah. it, you know, it was a hard decision, but it had obviously very benef- beneficial yeah. outcomes. It kind of reminds me of like my parents, I'm Nigerian and like par- a lot of Nigerian parents like left Nigeria and came to the UK in their 40s and 30s, started new lives again yeah. in these like really hostile environments. And, yeah. You know, then oh. they had us and, you know, we are the products yeah. of their success. <laughs> of their sacrifices. <laughs> Um, <laughs> anyway, and you know, one of my favorite songs, I have to say, I, you know, I love when she danced. I love that track. It is like oh, a, it's one you. of those like boogie tracks that makes you do that. You know, I love it. I love it. I love it, it. Was, it's definitely like the lighter it, track yeah. on the whole album. And it was, it was purposely done. Like even it. for myself yeah. to like have a bit of a lighter track. So yeah. Cause it's a heavy, it's a heavy album. Like in terms of, even though the tone isn't like deep and yeah, like, like dark. It's very heavy in terms yeah, of what yeah, you're talking yeah. about. Exactly. And what I love is that, I don't know if it was done on purpose, but you're talking about your grandma, Molly. Yeah. And she was like a hard worker, but a real party girl. Oh, yeah. But, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I come from a long line of partiers. Like, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> what I was thinking, like, when I was, like, listening to, to the song and I was reflecting upon, like, having seen you live or seen your, like, boiler rooms and other sets, it's like, it felt like you were talking about yourself. But yeah. was that meant to be some kind of almost reincarnation? Was it on purpose or was it very incidental? Oh, no, you totally got that. Like, way to go. That I, I think you're the first person to get that too. <laughs> yeah, no, because like when I was read, like, because there was a point where um, it's in, in the song, like I used the clip. My dad says like she could really cut loose. And I was like, oh, my God. Oops, sorry. Oh, my goodness. That is me. Yeah, yeah, 100%. 100%. I got that. I got that. Yeah. Like, it really, yeah. Like, I was like, because he talks about how she just truly loved to dance. And that's, that is literally my favorite thing in the entire world. And literally, yeah, what I now get to do for a living. Yeah, no, you see it. Yeah. When you DJ, it's like you are, you're dancing for yourself and like you're singing the lyrics along and like, you're just having the time of your life and it's so cool that you just like <laughs> love dancing. I mean, dancing's great, honestly. Oh gosh. What is a life without dance? Seriously. Rigidity, I know people who are, are like, I don't dance. I'm like, I do not understand are you. you. <laughs> like, yeah, are, you, are you human? Are, are you, you human? Who are you? Do you have blood running, <laughs> coursing through thy veins? Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, uh, I love it. I think it's great. And I love how it kind of like connects to yourself as well. And obviously Scars has just come out as well. Yeah. How are you feeling about that release? Oof, I'm feeling good. Mm-hmm. That that song, I was actually just talking with, um, I wrote the lyrics with um, Ed Thomas, who's read, um, wrote a lot of songs with uh, Georgia Smith. And mm-hmm. he, he, we were just texting. He was like, you know what? I think this is my favorite song on the album mm-hmm. that we did. <laughs> and I was like, mm-hmm. you know what? It is definitely close it's for me. There. It's like, it's really up there. I don't know. It just... And it's probably the song I sing to myself the most. Like, oh my gosh, mm. I can't believe I'm going to say this. Say but, it, say it. Oh yeah. It's, um, so I, you know, growing up in a small town in Canada, um, punk and hardcore was all I was surrounded with, punk, hardcore, and country music. Okay. Yeah, anyways. Um, and so I like to pretend that Scars is a hardcore song. <laughs> Can you please do a rendition of Scars in hardcore? In hardcore? I know, this is like please my ultra ego, right? We need, no, we need to know. You said this, so I'm going to push you. At least like one lyric, one line. No, it's like where you're just like, ah, oh, Scars, Scars. Like, and this is like me and, me and my husband, we go hiking a lot. And like literally I'd be just like shouting it. He goes, ah, oh, Scars, Scars. 
And that's like, kind of like what I want people to like that's take it. home from the song. Like I just wanted them to like shout it at the top of their lungs. Like, because it's yeah. also one of those songs like you can feel it. It's not like the fact you've got scars. Like we've all got those. We've all been oh, through yeah. things. And like that's living. Yeah, yeah. It's like <laughs> honestly, it adds these little scars to you. That's it. I love that. Like just this hardcore. You should maybe do a remix. Get like some. I don't know. Like. System of a down Why not? You know, Ooh, I'm I'm know. down. Remix Re- reaching EP. out to the universe. Remix you know? EP, Bring yeah. it on. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. No, but it's cool. And I really like the video as well on how you kind of like interpreted oh, your dad's you. story with like a sort of modern take of yeah. like sort of this woman yeah. or stuff. Yeah, actually, can you explain some parts of the? Yeah, no, yeah. I got to give the credit to uh, David, who was the the director. He came up with the idea, like. Mm. He's done, that's the third music video he's done for me now. And he's just such, such a homie and he gets me. And so it's, these music videos have been a lot of us talking and me relaying my father's story. Mm. And yeah, he kind of just took the story of my father where he, he was gang bullied by this gang. Like, and he's like, I think in middle school or something. And he was just like avoiding this gang. They would be like waiting outside for school, outside school for him. And his grades were dropping. And he just like realized that they weren't going to leave him alone unless he actually faces them. And yeah, David was just like, why don't we do that story? But like from now and like with girls, yeah. I was like, yes. Yeah. And that's kind of, yeah, essentially what that whole music video is. It's like you see this young woman and she is yeah just obviously getting bullied like sneers that kind of thing and she and she gets really angry and like she throws this like statue and that's like i don't know like again artistic interpretation but like that's supposed to be like the burning and exploding part and yeah she ends up getting like beat up and it's like she got her scars but yeah she got her scars but then she's like then it's like a dance party at the yeah. end so yeah yeah when i saw that that bus the, the statue for it yeah i was like are they gonna die because like no, I'm not. I've, got, I've got this like phobia of accidentally killing people i think that's like my main phobia and the idea of like throwing a statue at someone i'm like oh my god i probably hit him in the head and then end up in prison for manslaughter <laughs> That was good. Good thing to th- think through. Good thing to think through. <laughs> no, but it was really cool. I, I enjoyed it a lot. And even like reading Thank the story you. of like scars and I was like, what would I do in that situation? I know. You just have right? to beat them up. You have to really do it. And then... No, it was like, and it's so, it's not, not to promote violence or anything, but, and also it's such a different time. This is the fifties, right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. it's just like so different now, but, and it's funny cause he says in his, uh, in his story that like what like he he got beat up bad like he did not win that fight mm. but the fact that he faced them all of a sudden like he earned the respect of like mm. everyone at school after that it yeah. was like this weird turning point <laughs> like, it's such yeah. a like animal kingdom kind of and like you know like, like, you sort of prove your oh my gosh yeah no joke but, but yeah. it's also just like facing your fears definitely yeah. um you know having scars with you but no, it's, I, I'd say I could go on and like try and dissect every um, song, but I won't because we haven't got that much time. But um, you know what? I'm going to take away from the album for a bit, for a bit and go yeah. to your Black Day with Attenborough moment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's for the world's God, godfather, God, granddad. And now Jada G is going to be the, the next protege. Oh, I mean, I don't know. We might need, we might need a replacement one day. Oh, uh, I'm Morbid. here for it. Yeah. I mean, go for it. Yeah, because... 
Oh, oh David. David. But yeah, I no. Lo- I love David. Love oh, him. no, David. I say he's my granddad. He doesn't know it, but he's actually my granddad. No, I know. I've got three granddads. Yeah. And he's one of them. <laughs> so yeah, this is yeah, David. I love him. So let me just make sure I'm not wrestling. Um, but yeah, you, so you did a master's in resource and environmental management. Yes. And you focus on environmental toxicology. Yes. yes. And it's very clear that for you, like you really want people, not want people to be aware of, but it's very clear that for you, alongside DJing the music, a real passion of yours is, you know, the environment, looking after the climate, the world around us. Um, you know, obviously in your first album, Significant Changes, even the title is based around the, the other whole idea. album yeah. was around my thesis. Exactly. It was like the nerdiest thing I could I have possibly done. Because <laughs> we even write about love or money. <laughs> so let's write about the environment, like literally the most important thing in the world. Yeah, so. Well, the thing for me, it's like, it's funny. I remember I had a friend who said, they're just like, you get excited between two things music and nature like yeah. those are the only things where like your eyes like light up and it's it's the truth like it just i love nature i love the environment i love i love ecosystems i love animals mm. i just i get so excited about it all see. and so yeah it kind of i don't know like it just was su- it's such a big part of my life what about food <laughs> Come on, food is life. Yeah. Food, food, don't don't worry, girl. It's, it's food is like number three. Is it's right up there. Okay. It's like it's on okay. par. No, but, but yeah, you know, you can only talk about food for so long. So, <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. Give me much for your money there. I don't know. There's so many parts of the world, so many types of food. We can that's go on all day. true. That's true. That's no, but, um, true. Fair I, enough. Yeah. I'll give that to Thank you. you. Thank you. <laughs> um, no, but I do think it's really important. I guess like myself as like a someone who also is really, I guess, passionate about. The environment, nature. But yeah. I, I grew up in a very urban world. So, like, your connection to nature is actually growing up in, like... Um, oh, yeah. Gra- Grand Forks? Grand Forks. Grand Forks. Um, yeah. And being surrounded by nature all the time. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just really... Yeah, I, I find it really inspiring that you are so vocal about that because... Oh, thank you. It's an important... It's, like, the most important topic, subject of our day. I don't know. It's like, world. you know, obviously food is up there, but also our home is the most Where we grow thing. the food to eat. Exactly. Exactly. It's all connected. <laughs> um, and I know that, yeah, no, it's all connected. Honestly, it's all one big cycle. And also, like, climate justice as well, connected with, like, human huge, rights and huge, gendered huge. rights and so many things. So when you talk about the climate, you also talk touch yes. on so many yes. other important things. So exactly. And I think that's, like, it's uh, that's exactly, well, because I'm doing this environmental documentary, and which so excited about i can't wait for you guys to see it i can't wait to see it um but it's i've spent all 2022 working yeah. on this doc and that is like the single most important take home from the whole film is that like you know climate change you know is like the the fact that it's seen as something that is separate from social social justice in itself is a product of the patriarchy yeah and it's just not that like we go around we you know the, the premise of the documentary is really it's called blue carbon and it's looking at uh different ecosystems that are deemed as blue carbon ecosystems so they're really good at pulling carbon out of the atmosphere and putting it into the ground so they're good at combating climate change and there's three types of ecosystems that are really good at this there's mangrove forests um saltwater marshes and seagrass meadows and we go all over the world looking at these ecosystems. But obviously, like we talked, researchers were going in there and like showing it. But the most important thing is the people who are living and breathing and taking care of these ecosystems, the, 
the stewards of the land, if you will. And you just really quickly find out that the people who are going to be hit the hardest by climate change, who are being hit the hardest, like as we speak by climate change, are people who are in developing countries, who are in poor sections of the city, who, yeah, don't have the means to get away from climate change. Mm -hmm. And that is that is a social justice issue to the T. So yeah. it's, yeah, it's all interconnected. It's a really painful irony, isn't it, that people who are putting leaves responsible are the ones who are most liable to be the worst impacted. You got it. That's um, exactly it. And it's always interesting when you see like climate protests now and sort of, I think there's a lot of ire, which I can understand, uh, based around like climate protests in London, like just up, oh, and it's like, you see so much anger towards the people who are protesting. And in my opinion, it's like, it, they're kind of almost a physical manifestation of the inconvenience that climate change is causing. And also we're so focused in like being annoyed in this moment that we, can't, we don't think, we haven't got the ability a lot of time or people haven't got the ability to think about the bigger picture and like where these problems are coming from, exactly. where these problems are coming from yep. and why people are gluing themselves to the road. Yeah. You know, cause you kind of got to get to work, but actually there's a bigger Oh, there's a bigger problem. issue and it's coming for all of us. So It is, I mean, it may, there's literally no planet B as they say. And I think it's really important for us to think about that stuff. I think, I say think about that stuff, that sounds very dismissive, but think about like the I most important you, topic in the world. But it's, I mean, I guess you answered one of my questions. I was actually going to ask about the documentary that yeah. you're, and also what your biggest sort of outtake from it was. And yeah. it's like the process as well. And like, no, it, 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 it was a process, that is for sure. Um, yeah touring full-time and filming a documentary is, mm. is hard work doing a film in general is hard work like djing is chill compared to doing that <laughs> oh my lord <laughs> so it it was it was an experience and an amazing experience like life-changing experience yeah. um i just feel i'm just so grateful that i i got to be part of this project and it just really fit well for me and I got to kind of exercise my curiosities about the world and about people and just really be integrated into all of that or immersed into that, maybe not necessarily integrated, but immersed in all of it. And it was, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really proud of the project and I can't wait for people to see it. Yeah, it's like, I, yeah. we'll be watching. I think it's also really um, motivating to see how you marry like your DJ and your passion, your, your platform with something that you're so passionate about that's so important as well. Um, yeah, you try, you try, you do, but you're trying, you're trying. But actually, also, not only have you just like sort of recorded, bless you. <laughs> also, yeah, um, not only have you recorded this or filmed this documentary in like 2019, you also had your JMG talks as well. Yeah. Which I found really interesting as well. Um, and so these talks, I mean, I don't know if you want to explain them, but I've, you spoke to like... Yeah, yeah, no, I think, honestly, I think that's how this production company found me is because of these talks. I think that's a big part of why they reached out to me. And yeah, I kind of like 2019, I had the film or had my album and significant changes. That was the whole, like, it was kind of an ode to my thesis at the time. And I really just, I don't know, I, I just didn't want to lose touch with something that I gave so much of my lifetime effort energy into like I was living and breathing like my degree and I really saw myself as like going further like getting you know doing my PhD doing my postdoc becoming a professor like that was my like in my head was my trajectory and 
yeah and so i just like and i had so many amazing friends who were working in the field and just doing such cool stuff at mm -hmm. least what i thought was really cool stuff and so i was like oh why don't i just use my platform to talk about things that i find really interesting yeah. and maybe other people find it interesting too and yeah and we just did like three events in in london like in person literally like the only pr was that we just put it on instagram and just see if people came and, and they came they, came so they really did yeah. like I, it was so touching to see how like you can really just start something like yeah. that and it be received you know yeah and it seemed like the idea was to just have like conversations as opposed That's to like telling it. people what to do i exactly. think exactly yeah a lot of the time especially i don't know when you dj when you tour and when you are also or anyone who isn't perfect essentially um <laughs> when they talk about like what we should do when it yeah. comes to environment it's very easy to come off as moralizing and people want to pick like pick holes in oh your yeah. right to talk about this oh my subject goodness, totally when yeah. yeah no i it's so tiring too because it's just like what ends up doing is just keeps people from actually talking about it yeah because they just don't want to be criticized or feel like they're not doing enough and i'm the first person to saying i'm not you know doing enough guilty, like yeah. we're, we're all guilty literally living in this modern age mm -hmm. it, unless you're living like in an a-frame a cabin on top of a mountain like you yeah. are having an impact like yeah. that's our mo the way our modern world is designed mm -hmm. and i think that's the the biggest conversation is we we need different answers to these problems we have and we have to start knocking at different doors yeah. for those answers. Yeah. And I think it's also the idea of like the blame being shifted. Like we feel like guilty. I was reading Naomi Klein, Capitalism versus Climate. Mm -hmm. And there's a chapter on that where it talks about the idea of everyone's guilty in this whole, you know, climate justice or climate injustice situation. So we all have to be able to talk because if no one is only the non-guilty people talk, then no one's going to talk. And also most of those people don't necessarily have the, the space or the voices to be able to speak out loud as well. Exactly. So I find it sometimes quite derailing and not very helpful when you have these conversations and it's like pointing fingers, but then also there's a way to have the conversation so people don't feel like they're being lectured. Exactly. Uh, and I think things like JMG talk seem like they, that was the aim. It was trying. Cause yeah. I also just like really do believe that knowledge is power. When you yeah. know more, you can make better choices, mm. you know? And if people, find empathy through the stories that are being told maybe they will you know see a wetland and think you know something other than it's just like some stinky Smitty, swamp yeah. you know like they'll feel actually like oh right i remember hearing this talk and actually learning this that and the other thing yeah. and and then learning more about it and then making different choices yeah. just because of that you never know like Life is weird and wonderful. Definitely. So. <laughs> Especially, you know, urban dwellers, you know, like it's so hard. I, I, always, I don't even know the name of trees around me. Like, you know, we should, I guess the idea of like trying to be able to get in touch with your surroundings doesn't mean you have to always be in them in that way. You can also just like have a curiosity and exactly. try to learn. Do you have an intention of doing more or like making them, having these conversations online, making them podcasts Oh my goodness, like definitely, but... I, I gotta get through this time. year first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you gotta get through the album. <laughs> exactly. And then the promoting happen. the film, like that's gonna be coming out later this year. So I, I definitely have plans, but I, yeah, I just gotta get through through okay. this year first. But yeah, it definitely like 
I loved doing it. Yeah. So, yeah. So live podcast <laughs> and singing live on stage are two things that we can expect from you in the next decade. Oh, gosh. Right here first. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. Oh, mate, it's low, low pressure, low pressure, low stress. No, but I think um, it's really important. And I, I think it's also yeah good that people kind of shouldn't feel guilt tripped out of showing they care about the environment regardless oh, of what yeah. they're doing and where they're from. For sure. Um, do you feel hopeful, though? Yeah, I do, actually. I really, no, I, like, it's funny because that was something that was asked of me so often in the film. And, you know, oh my gosh, I'm such a, a nerd. Um, I, I love Brene Brown. I love her, her podcast and everything she's written. And there's this one section in her book, one of her many books, where she actually defines what hope is. And hope is actually not an emotion. It's, it's a combination of three things. And it's what the three things are goals, pathway, and agency. And we've got the goal. We need more pathways. There are some pathways. But also what's super important is agency. The ability to be able to stand on your own and make decisions for yourself, you know. Mm. And I think... This film really gives people that, gives people agency. And it's the same thing with JMG Talks, like with knowledge comes power and with power that that is agency, giving people power to make the decisions for mm. themselves. And so, yeah, I do feel hopeful. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe we just need to like, we need to burn shit down, like burn down some... <laughs> <laughs> that is, one, that is one way that is definitely one way <laughs> no but i think hope is important because i think sometimes i watch these nature documentaries and you see all this amazing nature like yeah, yeah, Earth, yeah. and then sort of three quarters of fruit you always get that moment where david or whoever i know and sort of like, talks about and this is penguins used to like you know inhabit the entire Antarctic. i know there's only like one percent of this left yeah. in the entire world and you're like oh, oh. And that's, yeah. that is one that is one way of getting information out yeah. there. Um, it definitely, it pulls the heartstrings of people. I, yeah. I get why that's done. Uh, for me, it's not very helpful. It just makes me really sad and depressed. Yeah, you feel very like, <laughs> like suffocate. Like what can you do? Like in that, you can't well, do anything. Exactly. Yeah. And it's just also like, I don't know. For me, whenever I've been in a hard place and need to actually take action for myself, it's through hope that you take action for mm. yourself. It's when you see that there's a way through that you actually can take it versus just like sitting in the muck, you know what I mean? And feeling drowned in full Exactly. Whew, okay, well, the message <laughs> of hope at the end. Um, you know, free, what's the three points to hope? Yeah, goals, pathway, and agency. Goals, pathway, agency. There you, <laughs> there you have it. Um, and you know we're gonna come to we're coming to the end of this conversation. I've enjoyed our, our chat. Hope you have as well. Oh, likewise, it's been cute. seriously. I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying. <laughs> banter as well. And we're gonna like circle back to the album because obviously, say guys, coming out 9th of June. Yeah. Get, you know, set a set reminder. Set your timers. <laughs> um, and in terms of the tone, sort of general music, I feel as we were saying before, it's a very heavy. It's it's dealing with deep topics. You know, mourning, loss, grief, but also the energy the sound and music direction is quite uplifting. It's quite yeah. sort of positive. It kind of almost feels like a celebration. Was that intentional or like what was your, I guess your aim for it, how it was yeah. received? No, that was intentional because for, for many reasons, but I think the biggest thing for me personally is that grief, we don't talk about grief a lot. And grief, I think there is kind of this generalization that it's this bad thing. But the thing about grief, and I can't, I can't remember who, who said this, but 
Grief is just when you have love for someone and it has nowhere to go. And you just have to give that love to yourself in the end because that person lives with on within you. And that's kind of just like the whole bit about this album is just like the love for my dad and the love for my family and the love for myself because of that. Yeah. So, yeah. How did it actually impact your, yeah, your relationship with your family, with your, the memory of your dad actually making this process? No, nah, you know what? It opened up conversations and beautiful conversations. Um, yeah, it was actually, it was really positive mm. in a lot of ways. So yeah, Beautiful process. <laughs> also, shout out Jack Peñate. Oh my goodness. Serious shout out, Jack. Well, Sitting that. there with me Ooh. in the studio day in, day out, Yo. listening to these stories and sitting there with me getting, <laughs> going through all these songs. He is awesome. I love Jack. No, I love like Jack. Big. I know this is seriously. I just like. <laughs> You just had a call we met. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's really cool. I, I can hear, I can hear the Jack in it as well. Yeah, for I, sure. No, he yeah. he was he really was able to take this. Like I came to him with like the album about like sixty to seventy percent done. I was like, I need help getting this across the line. And you, he did, and you guys he did. did it. He yeah. delivered. He was there with me, and it's just yeah. No, he's a dear friend now. So. Why Jack though? Why did that? Yeah. Oh, just life, man. Life yeah. is weird. Like I, I needed someone who had the time and the energy to sit with me and who, where it wasn't a, a like transactional. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of things in making music that can be transactional, and I want someone who got what I was trying to do. And that was the case with everyone who I I made this album with. Like all the writers, like. Ed Thomas, uh, Lisa from Abayi, uh, Francis, um, Jay Lewin and Gigi, like everyone who was involved in this album got that it was really personal and understood that they had to go there with me. Yeah. And so Jack, Jack just got it. Yeah, right. <laughs> I love it, I love it. Shout out to everyone involved, of course. Um, and how would you like this album to be described? Oh gosh. I don't know. I really don't know at this point. I think that's like the whole point of it is that I just, I, I gave it my all. It's such a representation of my dad and, and me. And I just hope that it allows people to understand themselves a little bit better too, you know? So I don't know. Take away whatever you want from it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, interpretation, right? GCSE English, you know, interpret it how you want. No, I'm joking, but no, it's good, like, it's open to interpretation. It's like an expression that you come up with, but also people are going to ingest it how they, how they do. How they, yeah. yeah, literally, yeah. exactly. Can't control that bit. Once it's out there, it's, it's out, out there. there. Yeah, literally, it's no, no longer yours. Exactly. It's, it's a piece of yourself that you've sort of sprayed, <laughs> sprayed. What's sprinkled, that word? Maybe. Sprinkled. There you go. I'm forgetting English. I really can't speak good. English anymore. We're here. It's stressing me out. <laughs> Five years in Berlin and I'm literally not even that good at German either. It's not worth it. Anyway, yeah, okay. Next, next, Fraga. Um, okay, and yeah, so we're coming to the end. How, how do you, how do you relax? How do you take downtime away from all of this? Oh my gosh, I go outside. Yeah, like I literally like take a train and like an hour outside the city, and I just like me and my husband, we walk for like f like three four hours out in the wilderness. I was gonna say because London is very con 
It's quite concrete. Where, yeah. where, where'd you go else? Where? Oh, everywhere. Wherever there's just like, we literally just look at the map, wherever there's just like a green patch that's that's like a park of some sort. We're like, let's try that out. This, yeah, yeah, literally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that. It's like, yeah, go and take some time. I guess it's different to where you grew up, where there was like mountains and yeah, sea around you. It's like, it's, it is really different, but I'm here for it. I'm yeah. here for it. And I just, yeah. Being outside is a big one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? Congratulations. Thank it's you. It's beautiful. I honestly think it's such a great album. And I think like <laughs> all the songs have a meaning and they're just a vibe and uplifting. Thank and, you. Yeah. I love I it. Really I really enjoyed it. I appreciate that. Thanks. No, I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Jada. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to this RE Exchange with Jada G. Special thanks to Juba for the wonderful interview, to Tom at Ninja Tomb for facilitating this conversation, and of course, to Jada. In this episode, you heard Jada's song, Scars, from her new album, Guy. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe to the RA Exchange and listen to our full archive of conversations on ra.co or on SoundCloud at ra-exchange. If you have ideas for guests you'd like to hear on the podcast or stories you'd like to share, please send us an email at exchange at ra.co. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, take care.